retired detective, Sergeant Darren Birch, author of Twisted But True, escorts you through a zone, the Badge Zone, where stories from those behind the badge range from the bizarre to the supernatural. Welcome to a place of strange happenings, as you're about to enter the Badge Zone. It's too subtle, Marty. You don't think people are going to drive down and not see the sign? You can't park that here. Everybody can relax. I found the car. Need some suspension work and shocks and uh, brakes, brake pads, lining, steering box, transmission, rear end. How much? Only 4,800. Maybe new rings, also mufflers, a little wiring. Ghostbusters. I love that. Who are you going to call? You got to call Ghostbusters. You are. And it's so perfect for this show, I believe, based on, number one, that was New York. Uh, the original movie was out, you know, Manhattan. I believe it was Manhattan. But, uh, and then you had this iconic vehicle, the Ghostbusters. I mean, if you were to pick the top 10 vehicles, in fact, you would ask your son. Yeah, actually, his friend had one of the uh, Ghostbusters. It's I, be top. What did they call that car? Oh my, it's like escaping me. Echo One? That's it. I think okay. that's what it was. Wow, yeah, see, that, was a, that, I, that was some wild ass guess on that. I might part. <laughs> Something like that. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's iconic. And it kind of goes hand in hand with a little bit of the show we're going to do today. We have a uh, retired New York cop who, wow, what a stellar career. And you and I both know her very well. Um, yeah, she's pretty awesome. Yeah, we both had her on our in respective shows mm-hmm, yep. you had her on your show which is get real with robin and you do get real you really do it's been a while but we need to do it again yeah yeah in fact i've been on your show a couple of times so yeah, more you, than a couple yeah uh and i remember meeting stacy stacy goodman retired new york cop at a event in a theater where they were showing this movie. And do you remember the name of the movie that we, we went to the premiere on? Um, I remember it had, to, it was a documentary based on Wounded Police Blue, Officer. I believe. There, there you it, go. Is that, is that accurate? I think so. And she was there, she had her book, and I saw that she was 9-11, she was working the pile, she was, and then later when they had her on a show, we find out she, she, she operated the morgue. She was the only cop, sworn officer there. So she became, when they always talk about um, forensic friendly, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about court worthy and so forth. She was the cop. So anyways, I've had her on Badge Boys talking about that. You've had her on your show. But this show is different. And you never know how some people believe in terms of the strange, the surreal. You know, I always talk, every cop has that. But not every cop delves into the supernatural or, or the spiritual. they're kind of afraid to talk about it too because who, you know, law Absolutely. enforcement, you Absolutely. gotta be this certain stature and you can't really open up. That's why your show is pretty cool. Yeah, no one does it. No. It, it really, it is a little bit of a, uh, um, you know, one of those topics you just don't talk about. It's like flying saucers, but now we're all talking about that. And we need to have a safe place. And yes. so I love having a safe place here where you can talk about. It. So I reached out to all of my buddies from the Badge Boys episodes. And my God, we did over 200 episodes. And Stacy said, I have this story. 
Ooh. And I said, oh, my gosh, it involves a car crash. I don't know the particulars, so I'm kind of excited to learn more about it. Me, too, because I a, haven't heard this story yeah, yet. Yeah, where there was a present. So I thought, you know, I'm going to go with the Ghostbusters because, you know, we don't know what this presence was, but we'll learn more about it. Uh, after this commercial uh, about our books. And by the way, she has a book too we'll be talking about. You're listening to The Badge Zone. We'll be back right after this. If you like The Badge Zone, you'll love their books, starting with Darren's award-winning Twisted But True book trilogy with close to 100 compelling and funny true crime stories that American detectives with Lieutenant Joe Kenda producer called the perfect blend of humor, heroism, and honor. And retired Colonel Dave Grossman declared, Darren's twisted but true books are hilarious, deep, and powerful. Each book in the series received the Pinnacle Award for the best true crime book, and a story from book two was featured on an ID Channel television show. And Robin's most recent book, Soul Stirrings, reviewed as an often humorous and spiritually uplifting story of a widow's soul-searching pilgrimage to the afterlife. Darren called it a love story, a ghost story, an investigative story. It's a story like no other. And Robin's first book, Victim No More, where she shares her harrowing experiences with rape and domestic violence as Robin takes the reader on a very personal journey through the morass of abuse and loss, and ultimately, survival. These Badge Zone books should be on everybody's top 10 reading lists. And now, back to the Badge Zone. Welcome back, everybody. I am so happy to have you in studio. Stacey, thank you for coming down because a lot of times we do Zoom interviews, and, and it's, I get it. I get it. In the world we live in, it's, a, it's, a, it's always great to talk to you and see you in person. Well, thank you for having me back. I appreciate it. And it's been a while now since we met at that. And thank you for correcting me. It was not The Wind of Blue, which is a great organization. The movie was? Bleeding Blue. Bleeding Blue. And it was a really good, I hate to say documentary, because when you think documentary, sometimes people think something boring. But God, it it told truth to lies. It was a really good film made by a good person talking about truth to the kind of like the BOM lies at that time. And regardless, there's good people that were into that whole BOM movement, but the there's a lot of lies that were being spread against police officers. And this film, this guy came out and said, you know what, I'm just tired of lies. And you were there, you're, uh, uh, I, I hate to use the word peddling your book, but you were there with your book and I saw Shamelessly it. promoting. Uh, thank you. I, in fact, I was telling Pot you today. calling the kettle black, Darren. I, I, I'm right. a whore. I am absolutely a whore when it comes to promotion, self-promotion. Yeah, absolutely I am. Uh, but yeah, so I was really intrigued and got the book. Thank you for signing it. And what a wonderful book. And we're going to talk about Thank that, uh, at the, uh, at the end of our, our interview, because I really am excited to get into this story. But before we do, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you to tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Well, my name is Stacy Goodman and, um, it gets confusing. I, I was in New York, but I was a Suffolk County police officer, which is out on Long Island. So it's a suburb of the city. And stupid Phoenix cops, we don't know a difference. (laughs) It's on the other side of the world, basically. So, yeah, so um, not too too many people know. Uh, I was a Suffolk County police officer for 21 years, retired as a detective, and um, got to do many, many things in my career. I was the first female on a crisis action team, which a lot of people were joking around. They called it the cat team. But I was the only female, so I'm like, What's there to make fun of? Yeah, it's all the boys. 
So, yeah, I got to do that, and that was great. We handled riots and crises and trained very hard. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it was your certification that got you really involved in 9-11, and especially at the pile with the morgue as well. Yes, that was actually even before I became a police officer, I had already started dealing with, like, tabletop exercises for disaster management and um, I worked with the uh, the Red Cross, and we trained for, like, airplane disasters. And um, I was a, before I was a cop, I was a uh, an auxiliary police officer, so I trained with the police department. And um, through that, I ended up sort of segueing in when I got uh, off of field training. We had the... TWA Flight 800 disaster, um, and I, like I said, I was barely off of field training then, and so I ended up working. My lieutenant was like, "Oh, you've done this before, so you can go work in the medical examiner's smart office." Smart supervisors. Yeah. Supervisor. So I mean, Suffolk County did a great thing by finding out what skills we had before we got on the job, and I ended up spending most of my time. It, I didn't even feel like a cop. I felt like I worked in the medical examiner's office because I was working six days a week, uh, you know, eight, 10, 12-hour shifts, whatever they needed me there. And, you know, we didn't leave. They would, they would, the medical examiner would bring in food for us, and we did security work there. We, you know, and then, you know, I got the opportunity to drive the medical examiner out east to Mariches where the plane fell into the water. And... Uh-huh. Um, we got to talking and he, you know, I was telling him these funny stories about how I originally wanted to be a medical examiner and that I was so bad at chemistry that wasn't going to happen. And uh, so he took a liking to me. So he brought me in the back and and that started um, my... Uh, Conduit, if you will. Yes. Into getting into DMORT, which is a mostly medical... Uh, mostly medical professionals were in. And DMORD is a federal, at the time was a federal organization under Health and Human Services called Disaster Mortuary Operational Response Team, which was mostly filled with medical people. So I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to be a logistics uh, specialist for them and I'll just, you know, do whatever needed. And the the federal government trained me. I got my uniforms and my first activation was to work at Ground Zero. You know, so now we're going to take this opportunity to segue to something medical in a sense. Uh, You were telling me about a traffic accident, and it was a, uh, you know, very dangerous one uh, or potentially lethal, really, fatal. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so I'm using this awkward segue in terms of the (laughs) hospitals. Yeah, it's it's awkward at best. But tell us about this story. Well, I I was a, a young cop, and... When you're new and you don't have your regular patrol car, you just get whatever they give you. And this particular vehicle had a lot of miles on it and had the little red engine light on. But it's, it's a rookie mobile. Yeah, it's the rookie mobile. And so I was operating this vehicle and everything was fine until I was, and this was right before the end of my shift. And I'm, I'm just headed back to you know, the relief point to turn the car over. And this guy, it's dark, where I was traveling um, westbound on Jericho Turnpike, which is a main thoroughfare. Major road. Yeah, 
very much like um, Scottsdale Road. Gotcha. But and on Long Island, it is still to this day one of the most dangerous roads to be traveling on. And this guy just pulls out, and he even said he he stopped because obviously it caused an accident. He said he forgot to turn his headlights on, and he he oh, realized wow. too late that he pulled out in front of me. Uh, so he admitted. You never saw him. I no. Gotcha. No, because the lights on these cars weren't that great right and at he's, the time. he's driving a dark vehicle and yeah. no lights and yeah nothing and yeah. when i saw him i slammed on the brake and that's how i found out what that little engine light was on for was the the abs brakes failed so my brakes failed so in uh i i tried to avoid hitting him which i successfully avoided hitting him but i hit pretty much everything else i was told um so i avoided hitting him then I hit the curb, and hitting the curb caused the airbag to deploy, and I basically do not remember anything after that. But just prior to that is when it got a little when weird. You say just prior, prior to, to you. To the airbag coming to out. To the airbag. Okay, please. Continue. I felt a presence, and I felt hands on my shoulder to lean back. So I did. I mean, I had my seatbelt on, but in those cars, you know, the seats were always a little rocky. And so I leaned back because I'm so small, I had to sit real close. And that's that can kill you in a uh, – but I had my vest on, and that actually protected my ribs. And, you know, when the airbag deployed, like I said, I forgot a lot. But I did feel a presence – and when I saw a picture of the vehicle, it looked like an accordion. Yeah, talk about the vehicle, your the, vehicle. The, 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 it, was, it was a Crown Vic, which is, you know. Nice size. Good size vehicle, yeah. solid car, but it was old. It had almost 100,000 miles on it, and that little red light was on. So there were a couple of things wrong with the vehicle. And, you know, but... You said it was Rook. like an accordion. So, I mean, oh, explain the, front, the damage. The, the, the front was caved in. The trunk was, I don't know how the back got caved in, but apparently the back, the trunk was basically in the back seat. How I got out of there with just scratches is a miracle. So just scratches and this vehicle is like an accordion. Everything's, and, and looking at the vehicle was all the sides hit, like we know that you hit a curb, but for it to have that major damage, it had to be hitting other things. Oh, I obviously. hit the curb, and apparently I jumped up and hit what was ever, there was a bus that was parked in front of this parking lot. Gotcha. So the bus was actually over the curb. So I actually hit that too. But like I said, I don't remember any of this, right. which is bizarre. All I remember is after the car stopped moving i opened up my eyes and everything i thought the car was on fire because all i saw was smoke which was the deployment of the airbag, airbag that powder and and i couldn't at first i couldn't get my seatbelt. the radio wasn't working so i took the handheld i somehow managed to open the door and there were people around by this time and i was leaning against the car calling for you know assistance and and i just slid down the side of the car because i had no energy i had but, and one of the, it was an off-duty cop there who offered to secure my weapon. And apparently he said, because I spoke to him later and we had a good laugh over this, he said that I, I said to him that if he touched my gun, I would shoot him. 
you know, and, and that's one of the fears as a cop is mm-hmm. if you're in an accident or if you're disabled or, or incapacitated, especially yeah. unconscious, we're taught, you know, weapon retention. Yes. So that makes total sense yeah. that that would come out, yeah. you know, I think. Yeah. And, I, and like I said, I didn't remember any of that. Wow. You, know, wow. I, I, you know, I remember a little bit of them putting me in the ambulance. They put me in a neck brace, and they were all laughing. They're like, you know, because the guys knew me, the, the fire department, and they were, like, laughing a little bit. Now, when, when like, the dust settles, right? Um, yeah. And there's a segue mm-hmm. there, huh? Nice. Yeah, very um, nice. When the dust all settled and you thought back at that moment before the airbag deployed, what, what, what went through your mind? Nothing. I felt calm but, because of the hands that were on my shoulders. It's the weirdest thing. I can't explain it. But, I mean, afterwards. Now, the dust has settled. You come out of the hospital. You got a few scratches. And your car looks like it should be a 963. Oh, which I, here. I mean, what, what was your thought process at that point about thinking uh, back? You know what I mean? Oh, well, I thought I was going to get in trouble, <laughs> which I didn't. And uh, um, I don't know. I'm like, wait a minute. Why was I so calm? Yeah. And, it and, was, it, and that presence. There was a definite presence in that vehicle. Yeah. There was like my guardian angel who probably during my whole police career learned how to drink because. <laughs> watching your ex- <laughs> Just watching me because, you know, but yeah, it, it, it was so, it's so hard to put into words what this was, but it made me feel calm. Wow. In the scariest moment, if you will, right. you had complete calmness. Yeah, which probably also, you know, as soon as those hands went on my shoulders and like right here, right right over my shoulders and like and somebody like sitting behind back. you coming yes. helping you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Have, but it, have you ever had any kind of experience like that before? Uh, a guardian angel, if you will. Um, a lot of cops, including myself, have had those weird moments where, like, for example, I ducked one time for, well, it was a bad, really bad uh, fight in a um, nightclub parking lot where the Crips and the Bloods were oh, going boy. at it. And I might have heard, you know, uh, somebody racketing around. I don't know. But I actually ducked behind a light pole, you know, the structure, big structures mm-hmm. at the bottom base, before the shot rang out at me. And I have no idea why I did that. Had you had any kind of that sixth sense feelings or there's like been this? A cu- there's been a couple of times. Please. Uh, one time I was driving. Another time I was driving home. I was in my personal car, and I had the green light. This is like 2 o'clock in the morning. There's nobody on the road, and something told me to stop at that green light. Wow. I stopped at the green light, and somebody blew the red light. Would have T-boned me. Would have killed me. The guy was doing about 60. You know, see, the uh, I don't know if I'm non-believer, because I'm definitely a believer. I'm just... A, a, a doubter, I guess, you know. Um, because we're cops. Yes. We need to physically see yes. things. We can't explain these things. I always look for the wash. Like, well, like I said, with my situation, I might have heard somebody up on the rooftop. I might have heard somebody racketing around in. You might have known that particular intersection for a lot of red, you know, green light, or excuse me, red light runners. Um, what do you think, uh, Robin, in terms of, see, we have two cops here, so we're going to always look at it as, you know. <laughs> we want to see the proof. Yeah. Well, you know what? Even though, as you both know, that I can connect with people from the other side, I still remain a very extremely healthy skeptic, and I second guess it continuously. So 
it's okay to second guess it and to wonder. And Stacy, when you were talking about these arms, these hands holding you back, I had a very strong grandmotherly presence saying that she was part of that. I don't know if this is a grandmother or someone that maybe when you were growing up, you kind of looked to as a grandma, somebody that was a little special to you, but she was with you that day. That was my grandmother, yes. Okay, yeah, that's that's who was protecting you at that point because um, you were far from done on this planet yet was the words that I heard. It was way too soon for you to be gone and you were being held back because you may have gone through the windshield hitting oh, the, 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 the listening the to this vehicle yeah. accident as yeah. a you know accident reconstructionist yeah. yeah you know yeah that's a, what we call 963 it's a potentially a fatal yeah. traffic accident so talk a little bit about your grandmother if you don't mind well my grandmother was um the stable force my mother would dump me and my brother and i do mean dump for the weekend so that she can go do whatever she did um and but my grandmother was very stable. She had rules. She and, and my grandfather uh, sadly died when I was like uh, nine uh, or ten, or right before my tenth birthday. And so my grandmother was the was a stable force, and she was a force to be reckoned with. She was, um, you know, regimented rules. She had us up at eight thirty. You know, get up. You you're not going to sleep the morning away. And as much as I hated it down, then I realize it now, you know, that 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 helps you become a police officer that I loved that type, even though I didn't say it. And and, and I don't think any kid would, but that that but it was a reliability. My grandmother was reliable. You knew you knew she was going to feed you well. You knew she was going to. But there were rules you had to follow. That's right. And and, you know, and she was, you know, you had a question, you could go to her. She would be very, you know, direct. Give you a, give you an answer, and and she wouldn't judge you. Would you she know. be the perfect guardian angel? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, she is. Yeah. She is around her consistently and there, kicking me in the ass. There, there's there's been a few times she's letting me know. There's been a few times when you were in the line of fire that something could have happened to you gravely on the job while you were wearing the badge. And she made sure that they didn't hit you. She's saying she made sure that the bullets didn't hit you or the people didn't hit you. So, oh, oh yeah. That, so that, she, I could, <laughs> she's been around I you a lot throughout had, your life. Had you ever been in a, uh, a shooting situation? Um, I pulled my gun. You know, you got to remember, this is the burbs. Okay. So, okay. And, and, and when I was a patrol cop, I was in a nice area. Gotcha. gotcha. But even so, we dealt with some very, very Yeah. Have you been in a, a situation where someone could have shot at you? But I was in a situation where a kid could have killed me with his bare hands. I got a call to this. It, it was, a you know, like a school for troubled boys. And you ever see the Green Mile? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good movie. P- picture the... the, the, the 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 I don't know his name. He passed away. Duncan. He, Duncan yeah. was the okay. So picture him, fifteen year old kid, and uh, he started coming at me. So you know we had these metal uh, batons, batons, and you whacked it out, and you're supposed to whack him right behind the knee. I'm by myself. It's dark, so I whack him. It doesn't even phase him, and he's like, you know, I don't hit women. And he turned around, and he punched the back quarter panel of a car, and literally took it out. 
Oh my gosh. I was like, I'm going to die here. <laughs> I'm going to die. So, you know. It's nice having a guardian angel. Yes, because yeah. the canine officer was right around the corner, which doesn't normally happen. And it took me, the canine cop, and the dog to take this kid down. Yeah. And I mean, grandma's. But he, but he could have easily just killed me before that. I mean, I've been there, been there. Absolutely, I understand what you're talking about. Another thing I've done is I've written a book. So has Robin, and you wrote a book. Talk a little bit about your book. Yes, I did. Uh, it's called "The Dust Never Settles." It's about my police career. A couple of stories about some things that I did, and um, about my service at Ground Zero, and about my life. Um, it's. Um, gotten some very good reviews by some people who have been on your show and um i i sell it on my personal website which is stacygoodmanbook.com that's and please St- spell it thank stacy you. is spelled s t a c e y goodman g o o d m a n book all, all one word all one word lowercase and you have the option of buying it Two ways you can buy it from Amazon or PayPal, which is goes directly through me, and I recommend that you do it directly through me because then I personally sign the books and ship them out. Gotcha. So Very yeah, you cool. get you get a little now, special I've, touch. I've read this book, and it's been a while. I'll be honest; it's been a while, and, and I've read so many books that I do. But this one stuck with me; it really did because it really does go into the the gritty part of patrol but man when you go into the that pile and you know one day it's normal life is normal next day it's not and we all have this 9-11 story nobody has your 9-11 story it is truly unique truly unique i can't i can see it as a really good documentary quite frankly yes well i would love to have it made into a documentary because i think it i think it's a story that does need to be told and not just because it's my story but i think people could relate to certain parts of it and and young women who are thinking about going into law enforcement i think this would be a a great great documentary and you know i would love to chat with somebody who can possibly make that happen well we will definitely put the word out uh i know i will and i have no doubt robin probably already has uh thank you so much for spending your time and telling us the uh, story and and sharing something that a lot of people feel awkward to share thank you oh thank you for having me and thank you for listening to the badge zone until next week stay safe thanks for listening This week's journey into the Badge Zone is coming to an end. But join Darren next time as we delve deeper into the zone. The Badge Zone.